Hello everybody, welcome to the Conversation Rock Generation, where we solve today's problems with the wisdom of the past. My name is Nick Jamal, and I am the host of the podcast here and the creator of the Conversation Rock Generation, and today we will be talking about the book Filthy Rich and why I think it's an incredibly, incredibly important thing right now, <clears throat> because with everything going on with Ghislaine Maxwell and potentially another quote-unquote suicide, and you can't see me doing my air quotes here right now, but I am. With all that going on, I think it's important to look at this story and see where it comes from and see why this is such a potentially culture-shifting moment, actually, for us. And I'd like to talk more about that. But before I go too far into all that, I want to remind you that you can find me on conversationofourgeneration.com. If you're on the website now and checking this out, go to conversationofourgeneration.com slash podcast to find everywhere that you can subscribe, including now Anchor, which is a great place to go and subscribe, or really any podcast platform because Anchor distributes it everywhere for me. You can also go to Twitter at conofourgen, facebook.com slash conversationofourgeneration, or minds and parlor at conversationofourgeneration. And check those places out and definitely let me know what you think of this episode because getting your feedback really helps. And if you are interested in reading the book Filthy Rich, you can, uh, it's by James Patterson. You can go to the show notes and there are a couple of links there for you to click that take you to Amazon where you can buy it. And if you buy it through those links, that really helps me out. So thank you in advance for doing that. <clears throat> and so the quote of the week or the quote for this episode is one from Joe Rogan and it's funny yet insightful. <laughs> he says, the only time I commit to conspiracy theories is when something way retarded happens, like Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone. <laughs> and I know that I don't normally use the word retarded on here uh, to describe, you know, something that's stupid. I think that in the podcast realm, I recognize that that might be offensive to people. I, in my personal life, may not be the best at not using that word. I definitely do use it to describe things, but... On here, for your guys' sake, I generally don't, but I think it is interesting here that what Joe's talking about is just when the official story is so absurd, that's when I think conspiracy theories happen, right? There's, for instance, the Stephen Paddock and the Mendeley Bay shooting. We still don't know what happened there, and it's absurd that he knocked out two windows and had all sorts of different types of guns and all sorts of different types of ammo loaded up because if you want to do maximum damage, you're not going to, you're just going to bring one gun and the same ammo so that you're not having to figure out what's what, right? <laughs> and the whole story, I mean, there's not really been an official story and there's been a lot of other weird things that have happened, like the fact that his girlfriend is was working for like CIA stuff and all sorts of different weird tie-ins and that he was at Lockheed and just disappeared off the map, basically, is weird. There's just weird stuff. That's all. And I think that it's important to just point that out and say <laughs> the conspiracy theory that I buy into on things generally is not the story that's built up. It's the attacking of the official story because... Not that Lee Harvey Oswald couldn't have taken the shot. That's not what I'm talking about. But the fact that 
he did it just on his own is kind of silly. I mean, he had communist ties. There were multiple different groups going after uh, John F. Kennedy. His brother was prosecuting the mob into oblivion at the time. There was all sorts of stuff that, I mean, the mob probably wanted him dead. <laughs> the, I mean, there were just a lot of people who did not like what he was doing. And I think that that's an important frame of reference to keep in mind there. But as far as with what's going on with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and all of this stuff, it's crazy to think that the official story is just that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. And there was memes going around forever. And the cover art on this episode is a meme of, you know, Bill Clinton with labeled video and Jeffrey Epstein, the radio star, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, from the old 80s song, Video Killed the Radio Star, that I only know from Grand Theft Auto and the fact that in one of the games that you could, whenever we'd get into a car, that song was playing. But for Jeffrey Epstein to just have had the life that he had and then kill himself in this circumstances not just implausible, it's unbelievable. It's just not even, in my opinion, in the realm of possibility. <laughs> and so I think that that's just not what happened. And I think we're going to see a lot more of why that's the case with Ghislaine Maxwell, if she's able to make it to court and testify and tell about all the people who are involved in this and the extent to which these people are involved. Because as we'll talk a little bit about here in a minute, it's crazy to see what people were doing. And so with that, let's go ahead and hop on over to the main part and talk a little bit about the book. So the good thing about this book is it gives a great background on Jeffrey Epstein, how he came to be a major player in things, and how he came to have wealth somewhat <laughs> it doesn't exactly show how he got so wealthy supposedly but he did have a knack for making deals with people based on what some of his early you know business mentors and some other people were saying obviously i think a lot of his wealth came from <clears throat> the fact that he was supplying many of the world's elite with underage girls there's probably a tie-in there i would think but this book is very detailed, it has many gross details in the book, and so I will put a disclaimer, if you're not interested in reading those things, it may not be up for you. If you're not up for it, I would say it might be a thing where you pass and get the synopsis from people, but I think there's going to be so many things swirling around that you're not going to be able to avoid so many of these details, because <laughs> it is, I think there's a big storm coming with everything that's going on here. And the reason I really enjoyed reading this book is that it has a great narrative style. It's sort of written like those TV shows where it's kind of like a true crime thing. So they'll kind of take the interview uh, documents. So that basically James Patterson, the reporter, found these transcripts of interviews of some of the girls that were involved or some of the girls that were victims because he had both girls who were victims and girls who were recruiting for him and everything. And so he 
he compiled these transcripts as well as other information that he kind of wove into a narrative. So it's really cool to see, you know, the police back and forth with people, the some of the conversations that he had and some of the quotes that he had and tying that story because he interviewed, I mean, I assume a ton of people on this. And it's a great narrative styling and it's just flows like a story, not really reporting, but it has lots of information. It has lots of documentation. And so I think it was really well sourced and really well written and reliable information. So I want to start there because I think that that's important with something like this. The other thing is, I think the information in it is insane. It is unbelievable what was going on and how this was able to pass through some, uh, just the fact that this wasn't shut down, the fact that, that, you know, sweet deal that he got where he was like in jail one night a week or something like that, whatever it was, or he was in jail like. He had to go sleep in jail six nights a week and then he would be at his house <laughs> the other any other time is just insane. And that really did happen. <laughs> but it is just insane. The whole I, I don't even know how to describe it, but just the sheer number of girls who were involved, the sheer number of serious celebrities and well known people who were involved in this is baffling and i think that my brother right now is as far as conspiracies go he's very convinced that like all of hollywood is done for that the reason why so many of them aren't going back to their sets is because they have ankle bracelets on and and so they've been you know trying to enjoy the fact that this you know you can do things via zoom right now because they all have ankle bracelets so many of them and and so We'll see, because I, you know, I don't think it's all that far-fetched after reading this book. I mean, there's a lot of big names who were friends with Jeffrey Epstein and who were, you know, just whatever. Like, just somehow had contact with this guy and built a relationship with him. Whether they were friends or whether they were more just in the same circles, it doesn't really matter because, I mean, he was a human sex trafficker. So, regardless of how you know him and associated with him, it's pretty bad, generally. <clears throat> I will say, one thing that's going to come out of this a lot is how <clears throat> how well Trump knew Jeffrey Epstein. And in the book, he it seems like he actually distanced himself from Epstein. He kind of made comments like, oh, I hear Ep you know Jeffrey likes young girls, or you know, all that. And when he found, and when Trump found out that, uh, Epstein was recruiting girls at Mar-a-Lago, he immediately kicked him out. So as far as that goes, I, I think he handled, he handled it decently well, as far as make, acting quickly to get Epstein out of there. I don't know if he could have maybe done it earlier or not, but it seems like as soon as it came out that he was recruiting in the club, then Trump got him out of there because he was recruiting an underage worker there. And so I just want to throw that out there before people start baselessly smearing him the same as like, uh, now I forget which prince it is. I think it's Prince Andrew who was palling around with him and 
has pictures of him with girls at Epstein's, some of Epstein's places or parties. And after reading this book, you won't like Prince Andrew very much, if at all. And there's just so many other people in this. Ghislaine Maxwell is a horrible, horrific person based on what I've seen here. And she was very, very close to Epstein and very much involved in what was going on. So we will see. She she knows real information that was ha- of what was happening. And if she's able to talk and if she's able to get names out there, it is very reliable and you should believe it based on what I read in this book. But I don't want to give away too, too much because I think it's definitely a very interesting story. I mean, I flew through this book in no time. I think it was probably the fastest I've ever read uh, a book like this. And so definitely check it out. It's called Filthy Rich by James Patterson. Just truly an incredible book. Definitely something that's necessary to read right now before we see everything going on, you know. And I think it's just a good, I mean, not a good story, it's a sad story, but it's a well-written story, and I think it helps us remind, sorry, it helps us remember that, you know, like Solzhenitsyn said, the line between good and evil is in every man's heart, and there are a lot of people who really chose to do some evil things in positions of power and positions of prominence in our country, and they need to be held accountable. So thank you for listening to today's episode. Definitely go to conversationofourgeneration.com to check out more. If you're on here and you're interested in this book, use the links in the show notes to go ahead over to Amazon and buy it through those. That helps me out. Go to conversationofourgeneration.com slash podcast to subscribe wherever possible. And Follow me on social, Twitter at ConnorVarGen, Facebook.com slash Conversation of Our Generation, Parlor and Minds at Conversation of Our Generation there. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. Let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next week.